a cold silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a cold of silence and it can't go on. Hi folks, I am Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on May the 16th, 2008. Newcomers, I always ask to go over my site, cuttingthroughthematrix.com and listen to lots of the old talks I've given. And because something's old, it doesn't mean it's worthless. If anything, if you don't know the past, you don't know the present or what's coming in the future because it's all connected together. And you'll find lots of information in all of these talks that, like a jigsaw puzzle, put all the pieces together very carefully. And it's up to you to do it for yourself because it's you who must be convinced by yourself that the world that's been presented to you is one big bogus sham that's been inoculated into you in a sense from birth and perpetuated through your life by the mainstream media. And schooling. Look into Alan Watt Sentinel.eu and also download transcripts in the various languages of Europe. There is so much again happening, everything predictable, because when you understand how the big boys think, and you have to study the psychopaths to understand that, you, you know how they handle the public, you know how they always lie to the public from the top down. And you know the next step and the next step and the next step because these people at the top are the utmost control freaks. They've been at this for thousands of years and unfortunately in a monetary type situation that gives you a fear of poverty. You have no friends if you're poor. You can't keep a roof over your head. You can't get anything. You'll starve to death. Everyone's trained to be fearful of being poor. So the psychopaths naturally get to the top by any and all means possible because they don't care about the rest. They're the ultimate survivors, you might say. And they will survive at everyone else's expense. You get to know that they pull the biggest scams across the planet. And the bigger the scam, the more it's believed by the public because Joe Public can understand small white lies, but he cannot believe someone would start a world war to get his way. And that's precisely how this works. If you want to understand history, go into the history, especially of London, and see how it was created. And from the 1500s onwards especially, they started the first international corporations. And these were crown corporations. Nobility were the only ones allowed to have shares in it. And the plundered countries and nations for their businesses and they created more businesses out of them under the guise of civilizing those peoples under a British empire. Well, that hasn't stopped. It hasn't stopped. And even MI5, as people come out from MI5 admitting that part of their job is blackmailing corporations abroad in other countries or giving them pay 
payoffs to give them inside information on trading in the banks and so on. It's, it's incredible how we look at the mafia through Hollywood, through the image we're given of Hollywood as being the premier gangsters in the world, but they're really just Boy Scouts compared to the big international families uh, that have plundered the planet for centuries. Really, it's incredible. And yet we've all been trained to believe the opposite. We've been trained to believe that we're being looked after by benevolent shepherds. Bah, bah, bah. I'll be back with more after this break. I'm Alan Watt, cutting through the matrix and just explaining when you understand after studying these people for an awful long time studying their personality types and studying history with the same dominant minority at the top you get to understand how they work, how they think and they also have sciences taught to them at the top of the behaviour of the masses they have so many scientists working for them using our tax money, of course, to study us and to find ways to manipulate us. We live literally in the dark. We live in the dark. I don't care where you live in the Western world, you're in the dark. You don't even know the oil lines underneath you that go to military bases. You don't even know where half them are. Most of them are not even on maps, even underground ones too. And I might mention a link at the end to do with Britain, an excellent video on this very, very thing where a guy goes around visiting some of these places and using old maps where some of them were mentioned and the new ones where they're just absent, but they're still there physically. We live truly, truly in the dark as the big boys get all ready to survive whatever they bring on, whether it's bacterial warfare, viral warfare, atomic warfare, or anything else, or weather warfare. They'll bring it all on, and they hope to survive. And they've spent billions, if not trillions, of our money making all these underground shelters. Now, the optimist in the world, uh, the definition of an optimist is someone who thinks, regardless if there's no life in outer space, it doesn't matter because it couldn't be any better than right here on Earth. This is where it's all at. And a pessimist fears he might be right. But the reality is, the optimists are always making excuses, thinking they can win this simply by using the basic technology that's given to them because they truly believe it's advanced. They truly believe those at the top give you a fair chance at everything. Before the Internet was given to the public, the military-industrial complex were using them. So were the Soviets. In fact, they had communications together via Internet. That's why there were no accidents. It was never intended to be a nuclear war. It was to terrify the publics of all sides while they plundered their people and had them working towards advanced gadgetry. This gadgetry is getting used now to enslave the whole planet. That was always the idea. And when you're taxed to the hilt under the guise of saving you, you don't complain much, do you? So here's the Internet, and this is one article that's been written out of many articles about the same topic 
in the same news release. This particular one is by Steve Watson of Infowars.net, Wednesday, May 14, 2008. It says, Air Force seeks full-spectrum dominance over any and all computers. I'm saying this for the eternal optimists who think that somehow they can keep ahead of it by the technology they're given. And I've mentioned, too, about the cyber attacks that have been increasing over the last few weeks, but to certain people like myself. And it says here, the U.S. Air Force has announced plans for a two-year, $11 million project that will seek the capacity or capability to hack into, fully control, and even destroy any form of computer or network there is in its ongoing national cybersecurity initiative. Now, can you match $11 million? The Air Force Research Laboratory introduced the plans earlier this week in a request for proposals as a dominant cyber offensive engagement. The request states, of interest are any and all techniques to ensure a user and or root level access to both fixed PCs or mobile computing platforms robust methodologies to enable access to any and all operating systems, patch levels, applications, and hardware are of interest. The purpose for this is clear. The BAAs, or that BAR, the BAR's object, objective includes the capability to provide a variety of techniques and technologies to be able to affect computer information systems through, and here's the categories I've got, deceive, Deny, disrupt, disrupt will be used a lot, degrade will be used a lot too, and then destroy D5 effects. Of interest are any and all techniques including enabling D5 effects to computers and their networks. Research efforts under this program are expected to result in complete functional capabilities, the request notes. Well, you see that they've already gone ahead with all this stuff, really. This is, they often do this kind of stuff. They get it all up and working, then they put in for, for the, for the dough. This is often how it works. They've already had grants before that under other guises. The program also focused on a stealth approach. They love all this stealth stuff, don't they? Also, we're interested in technology to provide the capability to maintain an active presence within the adversary's information infrastructure completely undetected. In other words, want to get into your computer and be able to stay there as long as they wish, for as many days, months, or years as they wish, without, without you knowing about it. This desire to have the capability to stealthily exfiltrate information from any remotely located open or closed computer information systems with the possibility to discover information with previously unknown existence. Consideration should be given to maintaining a low and slow gathering paradigm in these development efforts to enable stealthy operation. This approach will provide an alternative to another program being proposed under the same overall initiative that will see the Air Force build its own zombie network, zombie network, to forcibly and openly carpet bomb any target computers or networks. As Wired.com notes recently, the military Mirroring its preemptive war strategy has shifted to an offensive posture where cyberspace is concerned rather than a defensive one. In the last year or so, the tone has changed and become more bellicose. Cyber, as a war-fighting domain, 
like air favours the offence, says Lani Cass, a special assistant to the Air Force Chief of Staff, who previously headed up the service's cyberspace task force. If you're defending in cyber, you're already too late. You want to go in and knock them out in the first round, added Lieutenant General Robert Elder, commander of the 8th Air Force, which focuses on network issues. Now, you'll find, too, that they've already been doing this over a few months. They've been trying this out at a worldwide one, all connected with all the systems connected, with every government participating pretty well. Even Australia was allowed to observe. And the idea was to go in and, and basically give the soft harassment to nuisance-type computer users like myself. It says, an adversary needs to know that the U.S. possesses powerful, hard, and soft-kill cyber weapons that means for attacking adversary information and command and support systems at all levels. A recent Defense Department report notes every potential adversary from nation-states to rogue individuals. Now, you used to have rogue states. These are the guys who signed up with the United Nations and then pulled out of it, recalled rogue in the, uh, nations. Now you have rogue individuals. That's anyone who's thinking. You're rogue. You've got to be dumb, dumb, stupid, and zombied, and then they're happy with you. But if you're a thinker, you're now a rogue individual. You should be compelled to consider an attack on U.S. system resulting in highly undesirable consequences to their own security. The full-spectrum dominance has always been the military aim, and exactly as to as it has done over land, sea, and air, the military is seeking to aggressively exert its control over cyberspace and all those who reside within that terrain. Multiple programs are being rolled out by the Pentagon and its offshoot agencies such as DARPA in a secret war with the Internet that's been described as a $30 billion electronic Manhattan project. Now, a lot of this money has gone into private security agencies, certain private security agencies, ones that were started up by semi-retired or retired FBI and CIA employees. You'll find a lot of that in the security services, in the private security services, they put these guys out in front, they start up corporations, they're not answerable to the public, and if you complain to the government, this company, this private company, has got too, more, too much power, or they're intruding somewhere, the government says, well, they're private, what can we do about it? So there's no comeback from the public, there's nothing they can do. It's really, it's really a form of what Britain introduced in World War II, and Britain called them crown corporations, some sort of publicly funded but privately owned company with certain government input. So we call them crown corporations. Even the CBC of Canada, which, work, which is employed by the government, they get their money from the government, tried to do a documentary special on exactly what crown agencies were and who had the shares because there's a few shares involved and they were, were not allowed to know. Well, you see, the old Crown corporations they had in Britain were owned by the Crown and members of royalty and members of the higher nobility in Britain. In, in the USA and other countries, as I say, they simply use sworn, allegiancely sworn people like CIA, FBI, ex-officers and put them in as a start-up man. And now lots of these private companies are getting in on the acts. 
and there's not a darn thing you can do about it because, as I say, this was all thought out long before the public were given the Internet. Control freaks don't give you anything that's going to enable you to have power and possibly change the system that will never be done voluntarily, ever. Back in the mid-90s, the U.S. and Canada signed a deal that every electronic device, communicating device from the phone, fax, computer, etc., had to have a special chip implanted by law. And since then, that's been the case. It allows government agencies to hack into anything where you have communication. We'll be back with more after the following messages. Hi, I'm Alan Watt, and we're cutting through this amazing matrix, this fake reality we've all been trained to believe really exists the way it's presented to us. And just before the break, I mentioned about the law where the U.S. and Canada signed the deal that every communication device had to be chipped. Every computer sold has to have backdoors in it for government agencies to come in. From the very beginning, this was happening. They were not going to give you something that you could possibly free yourself with. It's been fun when it lasted, but they really wanted you all on it for different reasons, mainly to, com- to get information about you and to make you dependent upon it for everything that you do. Most folk have already done it. And there's even been laws getting passed in Britain and elsewhere that every child must have a computer. There's laptops, very cheap laptops now being given to third world countries. And you'll see them sitting on the school floor with the electronic laptop top right on their, on their lap because of no desks. Wonderful way to sterilize them. However, as I say, nothing is given to the public for your benefit. We live in a horror show when you really understand the magnitude of what's been going on with the eugenics program or with statements that are not coming from just one little person like Prince Philip about too many people on the planet, and that's why there's not enough food. Suddenly, there's not enough food. Uh, Just at the end, when five active businesses have completed buying up the whole world's food supply, there's not enough food. As governments since World War II have been putting pressure on small farmers to push them out of business, this is a planned agenda, because they wanted a vastly reduced population, and they talked about it freely amongst themselves and wrote about it freely over 100 years ago. When the big heroes like Dr. Salk, this creator of the polio vaccine, which he took the credit for most of it, but there was others involved, knowing, knowing that they had all these over 100 live monkey viruses, simian viruses, in every shot, including the simian 40 virus, which causes cancer, that's all it does. This is only functions that cause cancer. And people really were terrified of polio because a massive publicity campaign had been used over old cinemas at the time before television really caught on in the West. And every newscast you saw at the Path News in the cinema would show you the same boy in the iron lung, just like the same mad cow crossing the same barn that, that, that ended up killing all the cattle of Britain. You hype up something and they 
became fearful and people were paranoid about polio even though it killed fewer people than the average flu did every year and you look at the skyrocketing cancer rates today it's just incredible well people are worried now about getting vaccines at least some are some who are woken up past all the propaganda and remember what Jack Elal said he said that all entertainment when it comes to law enforcement the medical establishment any authority these are authorities you say that now have mandates and authority over you this is they're all propaganda so you glorify the doctors you glorify the medical profession until you trust them totally they're holy people walking on water and you're ignorant and you're so well educated and you do as you're told and you bring little Tommy in for his injections then he gets autistic and you still won't blame them because it's just bad luck and the doctor himself will have to put it down to that or face the truth if he faces the truth he'd have to re-examine everything he'd ever been taught most will never do that they get paid too well well here's a, a particular admission and this is this is says here world's leading vaccine expert admits Merck that's Merck Corporation who do so many of these vaccines injected cancer viruses this is from liveleak.com Merck drug company vaccines and misinjecting cancer viruses the stunning censored interview and interviews there you can go into their site you'll hear uh, this particular scientist who was more famous in a sense than than uh, than most of them because he created a lot of these different childhood inoculations that are still in use today if you're talking about this and admitting what I've been telling you all along it says here that this interview conducted by medical historian Edward Shorter for WGBH Public Television Boston and Blackwell Science was cut from the health century due to its huge liability the admission that Merck drug company vaccines have traditionally been injecting cancer viruses such as SV40 and others in people worldwide. The segment of In Lies We Trust, the CIA, Hollywood and bioterrorism produced and freely contributed by consumer protector and public health expert Dr. Leonard Horowitz features the world's leading vaccine expert Dr. Maurice Hilleman. Dr. Maurice Hilleman does speak on this video he tells you everything I'm saying uh, very casually too and he explains why Merck's vaccines have spread AIDS he claims, leukemia and other horrific plagues worldwide it says here, please forward the clip to everyone you know who thinks vaccines are safe and effective and that's a good idea if you're, in, if you're questioning about it right now I've had so many parents, generally one parent out of two who's woken up, the other one hasn't, they're still in the, the worship, the television doctor uh, type of status, and the children's lives are at risk here, and their health is, is at tremendous risk now. Do you know that the average IQ, the same tests have been used for about 50 years, the, the, the United Nations dropped at a few points because with a new normal, it's lower. But why? Why do you think that is? You're born with an the IQ. It's incredible what's going on, but the propaganda is meant to overcome it. Think for yourselves before it's too late. Back with more after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. 
Hi, I am Alan Watt. This is Cutting Through the Matrix. And before I go into the callers, I have one last little article to read. It's about the Internet itself, because, as I say, they're going to upgrade it to a new system. And this was known for years this was going to happen. They had they give us things in phases, which they've already planned. And this is from The Times, London. I think it was May the 12th from the Times by Jonathan Leake, science edit editor. The Internet could soon be made obsolete. The scientists who pioneered it have now built a lightning-fast replacement capable of downloading entire feature films within seconds. That speeds about 10,000 times faster than a typical broadband connection. The grid, they're going to call it the grid, you know what happens when a grid you get burned, will be able to send entire Rolling Stones back catalogue from Britain to Japan in less than two seconds. The latest spin-off from CERN, C-E-R-N, the particle physics center that created the web, is the guys that created the first web. The grid could also provide the kind of power needed to transmit holographic images, allow instant online gaming with hundreds of thousands of players, and offer high-definition video telephony for the price of a local call. David Britton, professor of physics at Glasgow University, and a leading figure in the grid project, believes grid technologies could revolutionize society. With this kind of computing power, future generations will have the ability to collaborate and communicate in ways older people like me cannot even imagine, he said. The power of the grid will become apparent this summer after what scientists at CERN have termed their red button day, the switching on of the Large Hadron Collider, LHC, the new particle accelerator built to probe the origin of the universe. The grid will be activated at the same time to capture the data it generates. CERN, based near Geneva, started the grid computing project seven years ago when researchers realized the LHC would generate annual data equivalent to 56 MCDs, enough to make a stack 40 miles high. This meant that scientists at CERN, where Sir Karen Berners-Lee invented the web in 1989, would no longer be able to use his creation for fear of causing a global collapse. This is because the Internet has evolved by linking together a hodgepodge of cables and routing equipment, much of which was originally designed for telephone calls and therefore lacks the capacity for high-speed data transmission. By contrast, the grid has been built with dedicated fiber optic cables and modern routing centers, meaning that there are no outdated components to slow the deluge of data. The 55,000 servers already installed are expected to rise to 200,000 within the next two years. Professor Tony Doyle, technical director of the grid project said we need so much processing power that it would even be an issue about getting enough electricity to run the computers if they were all at CERN. The only answer was a new network powerful enough to send the data instantly to research centers in other countries. That network, in effect, a parallel internet, is now being built using fiber optic cables that run from CERN to 11 centers in the United States, Canada, the Far East, Europe, and around the world. One terminates at Rutherford Appleton Laboratory at Harwell in Oxfordshire. From each centre, further connections radiated out to a host of other research institutions using existing high-speed academic networks. So it's going into the, the big universities first, you see, and the government. It means Britain alone has 8,000 servers on the grid system so that any student or academic will theoretically be able to hook up to the grid rather than the internet from this autumn. Ian Bird, 
project leader for CERN's high-speed computing project said grid technology could make the Internet so fast that people would stop using desktop computers to store information and entrust it all to the Internet. You see, that's where they're going to go. I've said this before. Eventually, you're going to have no memory on the computer. They've built it in such a way it's meant to frustrate you with all different programs, etc. This way, all the servers out there will handle everything, all your data, everything that you want, and they'll have access to all your data. They will basically own it. That's what it's all about. If you're a bad boy or girl, you won't have access to the Internet at all. It will lead to what's known as cloud computing, where people keep all their information online and access it from anywhere, he said. So this is coming in very quickly, and with it will come the tremendous changes, the changes to do with rogue Internet users, etc., and we have I've already mentioned about the teams that are set up to deal with you. Your computer will simply fry. They might even fry you. I don't know if you know that they have certain viruses with color coding and sounds set up from the Pentagon. This is admitted. And because they understand the chemical sequencing of the brain, when your eyes are stimulated by something coupled with your auditory sensations, they can actually cause you to have a stroke or a heart attack. It's amazing how far they've gone. But we're kept in the dark, aren't we? We read popular science. You know, that antique, antique magazine. We'll go to the callers now, and we've got John from Texas. Are you there, John? Yeah, hi, Alan. Hi. Alan, uh, I was listening to you on Wednesday, and um, I think I got a little confused, and I was wondering if you could clarify what, what you meant when you said that... Uh, we're at a time now where we need to guard our thoughts mm-hmm. and uh, we, we shouldn't tell our neighbors or uh, uh, friends about anything that affects us and mm-hmm. even trivial matters. And I'm yep. going to listen off the air, and uh, I do appreciate everything you're doing. Take care. Okay. Yeah, it's been well known for a long time that uh, even before the Internet came along and still ongoing, that... Information has been kept. Jax E. Lowell wrote about this in the 1950s, how information since the 50s in every Western country, right down to little villages and towns, how it's collected, even gossip is collected on everyone. That's why the police can come right to someone's door when anything happens and, and everyone's scratching their head wondering how they knew. It's because they collect data of gossip, literally gossip. The gossip you, you, you give out at the local store, the gossip you give to neighbors, the Eastern Star members in the area collects this too, so do the grandmasters in the lodges. I've talked to a couple, and their job was to drive the elderly Eastern Star members in and out of hospitals, you know, the charity parts that they're always doing for each other, that is, and that's where they collect the data, and they tell us the police sergeant area, and it goes into little, little files. So you'd be very careful when you're trying to wake people up it's much better to do outside your own area. Outside your own area. Because, because the snoops, like I, I read in that particular thing last week, they're putting snoops into your area, and that's their catchment area. And you'll get all the, 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 the much more information now. They want it daily if they can, just by saying hello to so-and-so. How is it going? Have you heard the latest? Yada, yada. Gossip Calypso. And they collect that data on you. So you'll be marked down as an oddball and watch carefully. So it's best to be the robot in your immediate area. In your immediate area, be the robot, play the robot, 
and outside that area, in someone else's catchment area, you can, you can look for people who are awake. That's the way to play the game now. Because they're not collecting this data for fun. The data is to be used one day to grab you off the streets and put you away somewhere where they can rehabilitate you, just like the Soviets did. And if they can't rehabilitate you, they'll put you in the, the new acid tank, no doubt, and dispose of you. That is coming in this world. I guarantee you it's coming. When you see men in the streets with machine guns, I read there that the U.S. cops now are being given rifles to patrol the streets in different cities and towns in the United States as well, even the quiet ones. When you see all this happening, something's coming. How many slaps on the face do we really, really need? You see, something's coming down. So as I say, you, you don't tell everything you're thinking about to those right round about you that you're going to bump into every day. Because that way more gossip will go back to, say, to the sources and the files on you expand. Play a robot in your own immediate area if you can. And I've told people before, rather than argue with people, turn, learn to live inside your head. You will know the facts. I used to bite your tongue sometimes and play a robot and talk about sports, at least listen to them and just nod your head, that kind of stuff. Because it's been done for a reason and they're closing in. As they're closing in now to start grabbing people, that will happen shortly. Okay. Now we've got, um, is that Joel from Los Angeles? Yeah, hi, Alan. How are you? Not so bad. Okay. Um, I've been uh, listening to your show, and I really love it. I um, was uh, basically involved with the rave scene in the early 90s, and I'm not sure how familiar you are with that. But when you talk about Tavistock Institute and their influence on the 60s, -hmm. I see, um, of course, a lot of intense parallels in the early 90s, late 80s rave scene especially in England, and I was wondering if you knew anything more about that or where I could go perhaps to find out more about that. Um, you know, the, uh, I mean, I just remember during that time period there, they were heavily, you know, promoting like Aleister Crowley and this whole New Age yeah. spiritualism and drugs, etc. There was an explosion of it. It all came out of nowhere at the same time and really took off when the Beatles went over to India to see the Maharishi. Mm. And that was, again, remember what Theosophy said. Now, Theosophy was set up to be a branch of Freemasonry, primarily to get the females in working, mainly middle-class ones, working towards agenda. And old Madame Blavatsky said that their job was to, to blend the religions of, of in the East, especially India, with Christianity for the New Age. And sure enough, like clockwork, bang, um, the beginnings of Aquarius are coming in, and sure enough, the Beatles go off to India, of all places, and suddenly this Maharishi, this nobody, is, is on everyone's lips. And uh, transcendental meditation, etc., etc., etc. Until, of course, the Beatles found out they were being scammed by the Maharishi when they caught him in a certain act with a little boy. And uh, that's why they put out the song Sexy Sad Sadie, which is actually Sadie, Master. It's a play on Master, you see. Mm. Uh, however, the rest of the people didn't know, 
and be carried on into this meditation phase and so on and channeling and bringing in demons. Well, that's what the whole thing in India is all about when you understand the religion of Hinduism. It's quite the phenomena. So, so everything that came on at the same time, the use of drugs, uh, heavily promoted, brought in en masse, in fact. And by that time, there was a big immigrant population coming in from India. They were bringing the stuff in, un- unimpeded to, un- unhindered by the, by the authorities, really. And so you knew it was planned all the way through. Um, e- even heroin was, was rampant in some places, especially near the big seaports. And, uh, but definitely LSD was being thrown over university walls in, in garbage bags, uh, free, uh, mm-hmm. by guys in limos. And that was coming from the big pharmaceutical companies that were heavily involved. Pharmaceutical companies in, in Britain, some of the big ones, have always been heavily involved, if not tied at the hip, joined at the hip with the, the war industry of Britain. And, and that's just a fact of it when you really go into it. So we know, for instance, that Lord Rothschild, Victor Rothschild, um, when he was in the war during and after World War II, he was promoted to be head of Port and Downs War, that's bacterial and, and viral and chemical warfare department. And he was testing people out, uh, recruits of the MI5. He was testing them with LSD, and they're doing tremendous studies on LSD to see what the long-term effects would be, and, and also to see that we could make a more placid population. So they did, they did these micro-studies. And Peter Wright, who was an MI5, wrote about that in Spycatcher, is mentioning the fact that Rothschild was in charge of that department. So they knew that they could, um, they could stop the generations from knowing each other, to divide the generations. That was one thing, even break the bond between generations and create a first truly teenage society by making them think they were getting their own music. It was all coming from them. Somehow they were generating it, and they were generating a culture and a fashion and so on. In reality, it was all planned from the top, as always, but it did work very well, and it was also designed to lower inhibitions and create promiscuity because they knew that the more people engaged in sex when they were very young, the less likely they were to, to bond later on. So it accomplished many things at once and also helped to destroy something that they had to destroy, even though they'd used it for centuries prior to that, it had outlived its usefulness. And as the Masons say, they always take down the old cathedral when it served its purpose and you build the new. That's what they mean by that, they're changing a system. So that they destroy the old Christianity which had served its purpose for the Church of England primarily and bring in this new age religion uh, because Christianity as it was still had laws that gave a certain morality. Even if you didn't go to church, it was a, you had these more morals put through society. In other words, the rules of the group or the clan or the people Everyone knew them, and they were to be destroyed because those rules could give you a conscience where you could stand up to government if the government was doing that, which was against your religious conscience. Mm. That had to be destroyed. So they were very successful on all, all points with that. Yeah. Okay, so then was the rave scene of the 90s just a rehash of the 60s and <coughs> put on steroids, so to speak, or... Um, did that just kind of hiccup occur naturally from their efforts in the 60s? 
it, 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 it was a continuation, certainly, but it was another phase up because the drugs that came out in the 90s were much more effective in targeting specific parts of the brain, again, developed in within the warfare laboratories. And, uh, in fact, they were used for warfare purposes. And what they found with certain drugs, um, you could, they, they found that, um, like ecstasy, for instance, it made the children all feel like one as they're all dancing together. And they thought this would be terrific, a terrific thing. And did lots of studies uh, at these parties uh, to, to find out this effect. And again, they followed a lot of the, the people involved over the years to see if it would have any long-lasting effects. They always, you, you never know how many studies they're always doing, but they never let up. They're always watching participants down through the years, especially with the National Health Service. They have your number so they can track you anywhere you go uh, with health problems, mental problems, whatever. And also have that on your social security, have your work record, um, uh, social agencies of all kinds. So they have a complete dossier on your personality and how it's going in your life. And so they, they keep tracks of that. These are long-term experiments because eventually they want to drug the whole planet in certain perfected drugs. Yeah. Mm, I see. Okay, yeah. um, is it okay if I ask another question? If you're quick, yeah. Okay, um, I was uh, listening to your interview with uh, George Butler the other day, and one of the callers had uh, mentioned, I know you don't usually talk about other radio hosts and whatnot, but he had mentioned uh, Roy Masters and that uh -huh. you had spoken about him before. Is Sometimes that guy seems to make a lot of sense, and other times I'm like, what's that Yeah, well, about? I, I, that, that part was wrong because I, I never mentioned Roy Masters. <laughs> Okay, because uh, yeah. I was just wondering... I'll be, I'll be back after these, these messages. Hello, this is Alan Watt, cutting through the matrix. And just to finish off the last caller, no, I've never had talked to Roy Masters. He tends to go off into the Old Testament a lot, and he's using simple old techniques, really, uh, of self-hypnosis and so on, and he's always fighting with his wife and trying to... Explain male and female and going round in barrels and circles forever. But anyway, uh, I'll go on to, I've got to Sean in Washington. Are you there, Sean? Yeah, hi, Alan. How are you doing? Uh, not bad. I know we haven't got much time, so I'm going to cut straight to the chase. Uh, there's uh, what they call like a Christian revival that's like growing in Florida, leaps and bounds, and it kind of dovetails into that New Age stuff yeah. you talk about. but. Particularly what I wanted to speak about is they use the term third wave. And I've heard you use that with the mystery religions, the yeah. elites kind of religion. Mm -hmm. And how, can you tie those both together for me? Yeah, the, Plato talked about a system coming in where two systems would merge together, two opposing systems. And he called it uh, the third wave uh, or the third way. And then Alvin Toffler wrote a book on the, the merging of the Soviet system with the fascist capitalist system and the book was sponsored by Newt Gingrich and given to every congressman in the states and it was called I think the third way and it was the same thing that, as Plato has suggested for the, to the end of what appeared to be a long struggle but really was a sham uh, two systems we brought together to create a new way uh, a socialist communist type bureaucracy running the people in a, in a collectivist fashion with a fascist bunch on the top of intellectuals and, and rich people. Yeah. 
honest with them. So then how would you like tie that in with that, what they're trying to do with modern Christianity? Oh, modern, modern Christianity is so, 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 so merged with the New Age today. Uh, and that was one of the, 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 the orders that came out of Freemasonry years ago in the, in the Scottish Rite Journal. It was called The New Age. That was the title of their journal in the 50s and 60s. They said, we, we will create a new age, and we encourage our members to, to, to go into all the churches and to you know, meet the, the people and so on and, get, get, and start bringing ideas. And while well, that's been very, very successful, they've merged all this together, uh, especially in the charismatic type uh, uh, site, uh, Christian sites. They, they're really into feeling good all the time, being happy all the time, this new phenomenon. We're supposed to be happy 24 hours a day like manic depressors in the manic phase, and that's so unnatural. So, uh, but they, they, it's almost a channeling Jesus type uh, uh, period we live in. The, the New Agers channel uh, spirits or entities, they call them. Uh, the, 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 many of the fundamental charismatic types uh, speak in tongues filled with the spirit. It's so similar when you see them doing it. It's one and the same thing, the same phenomena. Okay, great. Well, uh, you've answered my question, so thanks a lot, Alan. Thanks, thanks for your help. Colin. Yep. And uh, I think well, Maggie there. Is Maggie still there? Uh, yes. Hello, Alan. Um, I had I have uh, listened, watched that uh, YouTube video you talked about um, with Dr. Hilleman, the vaccine maker. Yeah. And as I recall, he says something like, of course, we didn't know we had imported AIDS from Africa, and then the reporters can be heard to laugh. Mm -hmm. That's um, right. He doesn't mention Simeon uh, S40 at all, mm -hmm. um, and he implies it was an accident. Uh, in this one, he, he does mention Simeon 40. Uh, not in the same place, though. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. But he, he implies that it was all an accident. Yeah, just um, one of these, 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 mm -hmm. you know, these fumbles that they have. Yeah, right, no, right. Yeah. Why would he bring it up? He wasn't asked that. He volunteered it. Yep, that's right. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks for calling. Sure. For Hamish myself, up in Ontario, Canada, it's good night, and may your God, all your gods, go with you.